than this from the book of Acts chapter 10. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Dr. Amy Jill Levine is a Bible scholar. She focuses on the Christian scriptures, but her background personally is a person of Jewish descent and a faithful Jewish practice. She says she finds no law in the Torah that says that a Jew cannot affiliate or associate with a Gentile. And yet, just before where we read this morning, Peter is talking to Cornelius, who is a Gentile in his household, and he says back up there in verse 28, you yourselves know that it is unlawful for a Jew to associate with or to visit a Gentile, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone profane. Or unclean. Certainly it would be difficult for a Jew to live in a Gentile household if they're following all the purification and food laws. Nonetheless, Peter has this inspiration. He feels called by God through the Holy Spirit to go to these Gentiles, to Cornelius, who's a Roman, and his household. He seems to have had a breakthrough in his theological understanding, this new revelation that God is doing something new in Jesus Christ, that God's love has not only chosen the Jewish people, but that that love has been greatly expanded. And God, through Christ, is reaching out to all people. Peter seems to have come to this understanding that God shows no partiality or that all, all of humanity our beloved children of God. Now certainly the Jews focused on the in-group and excluded some. Christians have done the same. Other religions have done the same. We've all been guilty of excluding some that we thought were not acceptable to us or maybe to God. A few years ago, we had a group of people gather together to try to write down or articulate for us in kind of a summary guiding fashion our core values they said the very first one should be that we as a community as the boston avenue church that we would be a church that affirms everyone is a beloved child of god 
Then they added a second one, which would go right along with Peter's journey of growth, as well as our own faith journey. And they stated, we see spiritual growth as a lifelong journey. That means this year and every year, we can expect to learn new things from God. We can expect God to give us new insights into our faith and how they apply to our lives. We can expect God to lead us in new ways that would help us grow so that we might be more faithful disciples of Jesus Christ. That can happen this year and every year if we believe that God is at work in the world and in our lives. So it might be good to ask the question I put in the outline, where is my growing edge as a person of faith? If you've not spent some time recently or maybe in these first few days of this new year thinking about where is my growing edge, where is God leading me, where does God want me to grow in my faith, now would be a good time to spend some time pondering, reflecting, thinking, opening yourself to the influence of the Holy Spirit in terms of where God might be leading you to grow in this new year. Peter talks about his new growth edge right where we began to read there in verse 34 as he speaks to these Gentiles. He says, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. I think this is a breakthrough for Peter. It's a new theological insight that God wants him to go to the Gentiles as well as working with Jews to proclaim this good news that's been revealed in Jesus of Nazareth, now known as Jesus Christ. Paul puts some content to that, and I mean, Peter does in verse 36. He says, you know, the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ he is Lord of all. He is Lord of all. What an apt message to bring as Peter standing there as a Jewish man speaking to a Gentile crowd, two groups who have not always seen eye to eye or gotten along, saying that in Christ, God is offering us peace. We can be united, we can be reconciled, we can be a people of faith together. It's very similar to the message Paul writes to all the early Christians with whom he dealt. It's in much of the Christian scriptures, Paul emphasizes over and over this unity in Christ, that we are one in Christ, that there's no longer Jew or Greek or male or female or slave or free because in Christ, God has brought us all together. God is offering us peace or shalom or wholeness, Peter says, in Jesus Christ. Our core values team picked up on that key theological idea as well. They put it like this. I put it in your outline. The Boston Avenue Church nurtures our congregation to be ambassadors for reconciliation. That is, we want to be a people who fulfill this revelation of Christ we want to be a people who are an active, thriving body of Christ, people who continue the work that Jesus started rather than just mere observers or followers, 
But those who embody this revelation of God's love that's come to us in Christ, that's offered to all. If you want to be active in the work of Christ, Boston Avenue Church might be a great place for you in 2022. But Peter is not done yet. He does not only want them to know that part. He wants to cover or review the sort of whole arc of Jesus' life and ministry. He says, remember, Jesus was baptized by John, and it was announced that he's the anointed one and that he was given power through God's Holy Spirit to go about doing good and preaching good news and healing those who are oppressed. And Peter goes on and says, we were witnesses to that. In fact, we were witnesses to the fact that they hung him on a tree to die. But that wasn't the end. Three days later, God raised him from the dead. We saw him alive. He is alive. God's love is alive in the world. God does not settle for the status quo. God does not stop in the face of death or crucifixion. God offers forgiveness and newness of life. Put it in a modern phrase, God is in the change business. God changes death to life. God changes an exclusive Peter to a much broader, more inclusive Peter. God takes non-believer Cornelius and turns him into a Christ follower. Cornelius and his whole household, Acts tells us. So if you're tired of disease and death, swarming around you trust in god trust that god is at work for healing in the world if you're ready to release some of the anxiety that 2021 brought into your life know that god wants you to release that as well and god is offering you personal peace through jesus christ if you're ready for more social harmony and better race relations peter says god is offering us a bridge to come together in Jesus Christ. God is in the change business. So the question comes, how does God want to change you this year? Oh, the circumstances of COVID will persist, I'm sure, well into 2022, if not beyond. But we can be sure that God is at work and wants health and safety for all of us, not just because human leaders say so, but because God desires that for one and all of us. There will still be struggles in terms of how we all get along as people in our country and in the world. But I'm going to be working for justice and harmony, not just because some human groups call for that, but because God desires that, I believe, for one and all of us. Oh, in 2022, we'll still experience problems in our relationships. We'll still have tension. We'll still go through heartaches and relationship breakups or breakdowns. But I'll continue to be a person offering forgiveness and love, trying to be an agent of healing, not just because mental health workers say that's important, but because I believe God desires that for one and all of us peter says he's a witness and he's calling all of us to be witnesses all of us who are going to be followers of christ to be witnesses 
Did you hear that in verse 42? He says, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. We're being offered personal peace, but not only personal peace. We're being offering, offered peace amongst people and in our relationships. We're being offered personal salvation, but not just personal salvation, but healing for the whole world. In our guidebook, our United Methodist Book of Discipline, when they're talking about Christian faith in the Wesleyan tradition, or following John Wesley, they say this, For Wesley, there is no religion but social religion, no holiness but social holiness. The communal forms of faith in the Wesleyan tradition not only promote personal growth, they also equip and mobilize us for mission and service to the world enabling us to become active in love and intensifying our desire for peace and justice in the world. Peter says, be a witness. You're called, you're commanded to be a witness to Jesus Christ. You can be a person that brings hope and healing to the world in the name of Jesus Christ. You can be a person that works sharing love and working for justice in the name of Jesus Christ. You can be a person that offers forgiveness and peace to others by Jesus Christ, Peter says. Peter is a great witness to the gospel. But he's not only witnessing to it, He's a person, a man who stands in need of this forgiveness and peace. Let us not forget his story. Before we find him preaching with conviction in Acts, we can read about him in the Gospels. He's to be the rock. He's to be Jesus' main disciple upon which the church will be built. He's supposed to be the steadfast one, the one we can count on. And then in this pivotal moment in his life, in the life of Christ, when Jesus has been arrested and Peter has a chance to be a witness, he shrinks from the task. He fails Jesus at his most vulnerable moment. It appears that all is lost for Peter as his denial and the crucifixion looms large. And yet, we find him here in the book of Acts, preaching with conviction. He's been changed from a defeated man to a forgiven and empowered man. He's found peace with himself and peace with God, and he's ready to proclaim it to one and all. Perhaps he can preach and proclaim with such conviction because he's seen the road of failure and been rescued and brought back by the hand of God through Jesus Christ. Peter knows that of which he speaks when he says that God is a God of change because he knows God has changed him. 
And there's that hopeful note in all of this, that God is a God of change, but also God is also a God of second chances and fresh starts. Peter recommends to us and says the best place to start the new year is remembering this message of Jesus Christ. You know the message, he says. It was sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. You can hear that same theology in the invitation I'll read to you in a few moments during our communion liturgy. I will say to you, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. You can hear that it's an open invitation for one and all. The question is, how will we respond? On Communion Sundays, we help you with that response after the sermon. And we say an affirmation of faith out of our United Methodist hymnal. But today, I've switched that up a little bit. We're going to use a prayer that John Wesley used with the early Methodists all the way back in the 1700s. It was much a, part of a much longer service of renewal, of commitment in the new year. But this prayer we're going to use from Wesley's covenant service helps us affirm our faith, but also our commitment to God. It affirms and states our openness to God changing us and using us, shaping and forming us, and then leading us and using us in the new year for the cause of Christ. This is how it reads. Let me be your servant under your command. I will no longer be my own. I will give up myself to your will in all things. Lord, make me what you will. I put myself fully into your hands. Put me to doing, put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Let me be full let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and with a willing heart give it all to your pleasure and disposal. And now, O oh glorious and blessed God, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. That prayer is a great way to start your year with Christ by offering yourself fully into the hands of God. May we pray it with all conviction and genuineness today as Kathy comes to lead us.